1: Have you ever seen someone that had so much wisdom, so much promise, so much potential, and then they made such a terrible end? I've known people like that. Frankly, it's one of the great tragedies of living in a sin-cursed world. And when you come to the pages of Scripture, God holds nothing back about His people. He shows us not just the good, He shows us the bad. We've just finished journeying through Proverbs, and there we saw... Wise Solomon in all of the wisdom God gave him. Oh, it's a powerful book. But now we come to the next book of the Bible and we journey through Ecclesiastes. You see, Solomon wrote not only Proverbs, he wrote Ecclesiastes. He wrote Proverbs when he was middle age, at the height of his power and splendor. But he wrote Ecclesiastes late in life. There's a great deal of reflection here. And the tragedy is, in Proverbs we see wisdom defined, but in Ecclesiastes we see wisdom disobeyed. The word wisdom is used throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, but the truth of the matter is, most of the time it's used in Ecclesiastes, it's not referring to the wisdom of God, it's referring to the wisdom of man. Sometimes the wisest people make the most foolish decisions. People who know all about the Lord, people that know all the answers from the Bible... People that have been in church all of, their, all of their life end up doing something they never dreamed they would do. This is the story of King Solomon. As a matter of fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 13, he says, Better is a poor and wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. I've often wondered as I read that verse if he wasn't giving his own testimony. When he was poor... When he was a young child, when he had nothing but God, when he depended only on the Lord, he had wisdom. But now we see him as an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. A man who's departed from the wisdom he gave to others. A man who's taught others to follow the Lord and yet has failed to follow Him fully in his own heart and life. Oh, I'm thinking now of 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. You see, Ecclesiastes is a book about life. The main character is really not Solomon, it's life. So if you're breathing right now, would you take a breath? Are you still breathing? If you're breathing right now, if you're alive, this book is for you. This is a book about life. And even more specifically, it's a picture of life apart from God. Life lived outside of the ruling presence of the Lord. The key verse of this book is Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse number 11. Where Solomon says, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I would labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. You see, Solomon tried it all. He had it all. He did it all. But he came up empty in the end. It's like standing on the seashore and trying to hold sand in your hand. And the tighter you cling to it, the more of it sifts through your fingers. That, my friends is a picture of life apart from God. He was looking at what He had produced. May I just say, I don't need what I can produce. I need what only God can produce in me. I don't need my works. I need His work in my life. Solomon says, I tried everything, but in the end, here are the three statements. There's vanity. That's emptiness. There's so many empty people in this world. Then there's vexation of spirit. Oh, they're grieved. They they know not only is something missing, But there is a despair that fills that void and that vacancy. And then the Bible says there was no prophet under the sun, S-U-N. It's just another way of saying living life on earth apart from God. That word vanity is used 37 times. And the word under or under the sun is used about 29 times in this short little book. And they're connected to each other. You see, life on earth apart from God is empty. And every man, every person listening to me at this moment is either living under the sun or under the sun. (laughs) You're either living under the sun, S-U-N, a very earthly life uh, on earth apart from God, or you are living life under the Son of God, under His ruling presence in your life. And you've got to choose which way it's going to be. Three times at least in this book, he even says vanity of vanities. What does that mean? Emptiness of emptinesses. In other words, when I get to the bottom of the empty well and go even further, that is life apart from God. All of my wisdom, all of my wealth, all of my work, all of the wine, all of this world, vanity and vexation of spirit apart from God. It's really an illustration of Jesus' words in John 4 verse 13, "...that whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again." Oh, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, Jesus said, shall never thirst. You see, Ecclesiastes is literally a sermon. That's what the word Ecclesiastes means. It means the preacher. And the whole book is one sermon. We're introduced to his subject in the opening verses of chapter 1. And then you have the sermon beginning in chapter 1 all the way through chapter 10. But when you come to the final two chapters of the book, to chapter 11 and chapter 12, you come to the preacher's summary. And like most sermons, if you miss the end, you've missed the great point. You see, it's at the end of this sermon that we get to the bottom line. If I may make a personal confession to you, many times when I've been reading through the book of Ecclesiastes, I've been a little uh, depressed. It seems morbid and dark. And indeed it is because that's a picture of life apart from God. But the great emphasis of the book is found at the end of the book. You remember that the key to these books is often found near the front door or near the back door. In Proverbs, it was found near the front door. Well, in Ecclesiastes, it's found near the back door. It's at the end that he finally comes to the truth. Let me read it to you. The Bible says it's the conclusion of the whole matter. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man... For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. You know, it's fascinating to me, but God, Elohim, is found in this book. He's scattered throughout, but it's almost as if He is a cursory figure. It's almost as if He's on the periphery of everything else. And it's not till you get to the end of the book that He is given the place He deserves. He is the judge of all the earth. He is the one we're going to stand before someday, And so the conclusion of the whole matter, the bottom line of it all is this, fear God. Now remember, we're studying our way through the poetic books of the Bible. There's a a common theme here. These poetic books are often referred to as wisdom books as well. So they go together in their emphasis. Did you ever notice that the book of Job opens with the fear of God? Job 1.1, he was a man that feared God. Proverbs opens with the fear of God. You remember Proverbs 1, verse 7, it's the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom. But when you come to Ecclesiastes, you do not find the fear of God until you get to the end of the book. Remember, Job and Proverbs begins with it. Ecclesiastes ends with it. Here's the lesson. You're either going to learn the fear of God in the beginning or in the end, but if you're going to be wise, you must learn it. Now you can waste your life, and you can sit as an old man as Solomon, looking back, reflecting, and realizing what you missed, and beginning to fear God at the end, or in the words of Ecclesiastes 12, 1, you can remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. You can begin to fear God today wherever you are in life and say by the grace of God, I'm going to make the rest of this life count. I don't want to come to the end saying vanity and vexation of spirit. Friends, only Jesus brings fulfillment and real joy in life.
0: Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org.